Welcome to the Major Magic Show. I am Stephanie Major, your host, and this is episode five of the podcast. I've been in Argentina for exactly a week, and the theme of loneliness has been coming up a lot for me lately. As I go about my week, as I've just spent this last week, it's a theme that is in my mind. So that's what we're going to talk about. First, I want to thank all of the listeners from my last episode. It was so vulnerable for me to discuss openly to anyone that was willing to listen about my current relationship status. And it was met with such interest and such appreciation that it is truly heartwarming. I was not expecting that many listens and downloads and DMs and emails, and it means a lot. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back. It's episode four. It is by far my most listened to episode. So thank you for that loneliness. We all go through it. I often question if I can get to loneliness quicker than others. I can feel lonely in a crowded room. I can feel lonely surrounded by friends. I can feel lonely on a team. I can feel lonely with my family. And maybe that is something that we all get to as easily as I do. But I I can't be for sure because I don't have the experience of someone else. So for me to be down here so far away from so many people that I know, I was wondering like, what would this experience be like? Would I be homesick? Would I be lonely? Would I feel energetically far from everything that I know and love? In September, I dropped my youngest off at at university, dropped her off at Queens. And when I did, that was the first time in 20 years that I would be on my own. And I immediately flew to Mexico and lived with my boyfriend. And then when I left Mexico, I immediately flew to my friend Tammy and I stayed with her. And the interesting thing is that I have not spent any time alone since I became an empty nester. And guess what? Last night, last night, this girl, she met up at a coffee shop with someone who had posted some pictures of a gorgeous condo in a housing WhatsApp group that I'm in for Buenos Aires. And I saw the pictures and I messaged the person and I, and he asked if I was interested and I said yes. So I met him for coffee last night and he was telling me about the place and a gorgeous coffee shop just like so aesthetically beautiful so full of interesting people in a neighborhood that I was really liking and as he told me about the place and what it's like to live there and what his daily routine is I got really excited and it just so happened that it was around the corner from the coffee shop so he was able to show it to me. It's on the 14th floor. It has a 360 degree view of Buenos Aires. It has an eight person jacuzzi. It has a sauna. It has delicious air conditioning. It is spacious and it has its own elevator. It is the only condo on that floor and the elevator opens directly into the condo, which is something that I've always wanted to have something I've always wanted to experience like just push the button of the of the elevator and rise up to open up to your place like super cool right 
And as I was walking around this place, viewing it, it was almost like the universe was tempting me, tempting me with this spectacular dream condo and asking me, is this what you want? Or do you want time alone? Is this right for you? Do you again want to share a space with someone? Are you hiding from yourself? Will you abandon your commitment to living on your own, to experiencing what life is like alone for something this nice? And I felt it in my stomach and I walked around and with everything I saw, it was better and better. I would have this shower that had one side of the shower was windows that faced the city that overlooked these gorgeous parks. And it was high enough that you could just be nude in your shower, enjoying the aromas of your shampoo while looking out at the world. I knew it. I could see the full moon from there. I could see the city lights. I could see the green of the trees during the day. And yet I knew this is a temptation. This is a temptation and it's making you choose to say no. I knew it. So I thanked him because he was great. He would have been a great roommate. I'm I'm sure of that. And he had a black cat. So of course, part of me thought, wait, I'm a witch. This is a sign. Of course, a witch is supposed to live with a black cat. And I thanked him for his time. And I told him I would take the night to think about it. And as I walked home, I, I thought of a lifetime of always sharing space with others. And I thought of how lovely it was just for this last week to be on my own, to always know where something was because I put it there, to create my own systems and processes for living, for 100% making my schedule based on how I was feeling, what I wanted to do. No thought or shame or guilt for how much time I wanted to take reading or laying on the couch or being on my yoga mat on the balcony. Just nothing but my own wants. So I knew that no matter how beautiful that place was, that it had to be a no. And how interesting that already I was contemplating filling out my space with someone else. Now, because I'm someone who can get to loneliness really quick and loneliness can have me easily sinking further inside of myself and and with that away from life, I knew that I really had to be proactive with that. I knew that I could have both. I knew that I could be spending time alone while also being proactive about connecting with others so that I wouldn't get too far into loneliness that I became desperate for human connection. So I signed up for a digital nomad meetup, which I was... (laughs) I mean, not surprisingly, because I can be shy, even though I'm very extroverted. I was shy to attend on my own, especially when it's a a new place, somewhere I haven't been, a different neighborhood. I don't have any expectations of what it's like. It's like opening a door and walking in without seeing what's inside the room. It's like walking into a dark room. But I signed up and I knew that I was going to go, that I wasn't going to back out. And I... I was nervous. I do have a lot of, um, there's one trauma in my life that I really haven't addressed. And that is the bullying that I experienced when I was younger. And we can talk about that more another time. It's one of my most sensitive traumas. 
which if you knew about my whole life, you would think is interesting that that is the one that I can be the most sensitive about or that has taken me this much time to fully get in it and look at it with honesty and truth. But it is. It's something that I haven't healed yet. I get closer with the friendships that I'm making and with the socializing that I do and with the connecting that I do, but it's it's a really real, palpable, painful childhood experience and it informs how I operate even now as a as a grown am I middle aged? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Almost possibly future middle-aged woman like it really does play a part in how I feel getting ready to to go to a new social social interaction I have that voice that says are you going to get close and then suddenly they will turn on you they will ignore you they'll learn something about you and not like you will you feel different will you feel uncomfortable will nobody talk to you that was a possibility. Those things could have happened. And I knew that if that did, well, I would, I would walk home. I would phone a friend. I would listen to a podcast. I would feel my feelings. So I went to it and it was really easy to connect with people immediately. There are people from all over the world here. And I just walked up and I said, hi, new friends. And because of that, I I'm part of a couple new WhatsApp groups where there is always the possibility of interacting with someone. There's always someone saying, hey, does someone want to go to dinner? Hey, I'm thinking of going here. Who wants to join? And on that same night, I met two local people, two lovely local people where it's a guy and a girl. They're not a couple, but they're friends. And he speaks really well in English and she's learning English. She speaks very well Spanish and I'm learning Spanish and speak well in English. So there's this fun dynamic of her being able to practice her English and me being able to practice my Spanish. And in moments when we can't, he is able to translate. So the three of us can have this shared connection, but also this learning opportunity of a new language. And I felt immediately comfortable with them and interested in hanging out with them. So we made sure to exchange numbers So that we could, we did. We hung out this weekend and they showed me this beautiful rose garden and we went for ice cream and we sat. And part of what's been making me feel lonely this week is when I don't have in-depth conversations with people that I'm with in person. Because I don't speak fluently, most of my Spanish interactions throughout the day are very service oriented. They're very surface level. They're very just conversation in order to operate around the world. And I wasn't having deeper connections or I wasn't able to understand or ask more about life here. But the night that I spent, you know, sharing a coffee and a cerveza beer with my two new local friends, I was able to have that connection time 
And we discussed things like God and religion and a little bit of politics and and life growing up. And even though the three of us had very different opinions of what God was to us and what religion was like growing up or what it's like, how it plays a part in our life now, the conversation was deep and yet open and light and fun and accepting and it felt so good to sit there with new friends in a new part of the world talking about the things that I think about most. So the moments that I was maybe moving through my new life here feeling very on the surface and and lonely in in relation to connection that that cup was being filled It was filling and it was filling and it was overflowing. And I'm so proud that even with the resistance or the fear that I feel when I'm connecting with new people, I'm so glad that I continue to choose to do it, even though it's not, doesn't look perfect or doesn't feel perfect for me. I continue to choose to do it because it matters and it makes me feel more alive and it makes my time on this planet more valuable. So it's important to be proactive for me when I'm feeling those moments of loneliness to to feel them but not sit in them for too long. I had a really lonely filled challenging day on Sunday and I felt it and I admitted it to myself. Hey, I'm feeling low. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling lonely. The loneliness that I was feeling, this is something about me too, is that right now I'm so absorbed in this world that it is so easy for, for me to forget that there is a whole other world that I'm part of, that there are whole friendship groups and family and people that I know and life happening far away. I get so into this one that I realize that I am more and more disconnected from the life that I know and that makes me feel lonely. I feel like I'm on a raft drifting further away from what was And that is the loneliness that I was feeling on Sunday. This loneliness of me on the raft moving towards something else and the past looking really distant and fuzzy, especially because I need glasses to see far. (laughs) So the, the past, the what was behind me is looking fuzzier and fuzzier. Sometimes I can't see it at all. I can still feel it when I tap in, but it's getting further. And that's what I was feeling on Sunday, so... I admitted it to myself, and then I decided to go for a walk, to go explore something new. And I've been doing this thing where I just, I open my Apple Maps, and I look for something that's 25, 30 minutes walk away, and I go to it. I don't look into it, I don't read about it, I I just use my intuition to pick something, and I walk and explore. So I picked a botanical garden, and on my way four blocks in and I'm standing at a light waiting to cross and this car is going around the corner and there in the back seat window down is this dog and he has his face outside of the window and he is smiling so big and his ears are flapping in the wind and he has nothing but pure joy on his face and it made me smile it made me laugh it was so beautiful to witness it was so such a simple 
joy, just the wind and the smells and the sights from his back seat. And I don't know why that made me feel less alone, but it did. I got to share in his moment, in his joy, and it felt really nice. And then this other thing, this is such a silly thing, but this is something else that I've been noticing that makes me feel less alone. And I felt it on this walk. It's on the road here. It is the cars versus pedestrians. We are separate teams. We're not in it together. Cars are doing their thing. The pedestrians are doing their own thing. And it is a dangerous place to be not paying attention, to be jaywalking at will and thinking that cars are going to stop for you. It's a jungle out there. It's a car versus pedestrian race. And The thing that I love is, okay, that the pedestrians, we get in power the larger our numbers are. So sometimes the light will not have turned yet, but there'll be one brave pedestrian that for whatever reason decides he's going to cross. And someone close to him will be like, he's crossing, I'll cross. And then the third person, fourth person, and suddenly we are a little mob of people crossing the road when we're not supposed to, but there is safety in numbers. In those moments, I feel part of the pack. I'm not just crossing alone. I'm now part of this fun experience when we are naughty crossing. We are naughtily crossing together and together we are more powerful because the chances of someone wanting to run over 15 people is a lot less. So it's fun when I look for those moments of when are we doing something in unison so that I can be in shared experiences with others. I got to that botanical garden, this place that I picked as a solution for my loneliness, and it was like I found heaven on earth. It was full of the most luscious green foliage and palm trees and flowers and grass and exotic plants and these beautiful European feeling and looking statues. And there was this statue of a woman surrounded by a fountain that was just full of water lilies. It was like being inside of a Monet painting. And I wouldn't have gone there that day. I wouldn't have experienced that day if I wasn't feeling lonely and if I wasn't trying to move through my loneliness. So It was like life giving me a gift for choosing to move through. And what other gifts can we find? What other moments of pure pleasure and joy can we find on our way to something else? I wanted to get away from loneliness and move towards feeling part of the world. And with that and in that, I got to experience ecstasy with my eyeballs, with my senses. But I have to say that the moments of loneliness here are far and few between. They happen, and I also wonder if if part of the loneliness that I feel is because it hasn't been too long since I've been out of a relationship. And for me, when I say that I truly believed and committed to spending my entire life with this person, that is true. And I think it's taking me a long time to move away from that belief, that belief that I was going to be with someone. And there's a big part of me that not only misses him, but misses those shared experiences. 
So there's a lot of different lonelinesses that are happening at once. And what is that teaching me? Why am I in this period of being on my own for the first time in decades? Really being on my own for the first time ever. Being so geographically far from my life and being unpartnered after believing that I was going to spend a lifetime of partnership. Like, what is this teaching me? What am I learning? Why is this in my life at this time? I think the, the answer to that will come to me more fully. But if I had to guess, I've made such deep strides or lengthy strides towards myself, towards knowing me. But I think there's a new level. There's an expansion that's coming of knowing myself and choosing new options when I don't necessarily want to sit with myself. Because when you're surrounded by others, the distraction is easier. But what is it like if I'm just with me when the distractions aren't as easy? What will I choose to distract myself with? Or will I choose to be in it and let myself feel the loneliness and know that it's okay, that it passes, that it doesn't mean anything, that it's not this punishment that I used to feel I was given for my existence, that this was curse I was born with, to be on a planet with billions of people and feel alone, feel alien, feel unwanted. So I'm moving, I think, towards a new belief, a new understanding, a new expansion of what loneliness can mean and why it shows up in my life and how I can navigate through it with, with fun, with play. You know, it doesn't have to be this sitting in my room trying to figure it out, trying to believe that it needs to be painful, it needs to be full of tears, and it needs to be full of heartache. No, the exploration of loneliness can be done in the sun, watching the puppy with the joy on his face, moving like a school of fish across the streets, perusing a Parisian Buenos Aires botanical garden, nose looking inside the greenhouse, taking pictures of the water lilies. That is how exploration of ourselves and of our deepest fears can be. If you want to see the water lilies, check out my Instagram, majormagic33. If you want to hear a little bit more about the energy work and the intuitive guidance and the new moon, full moon, tarot card reading stuff that I do for my clients, check out majormagic.ca. Until the next time, chat soon. 